Hey there, Make That Paper listeners. We have got a great show for you. But before we kick it off, we've got to ask you for a little something. Look at your phone. Not if you're driving. If you're driving, just make a mental note to do this later. Now, find the subscribe button and click on it. Nice. Now that you've done that, scroll down and find the ratings and reviews and tap on that fifth star, the one all the way to the right. Good. Okay. Now, below that, you see where it says write a review? Tap that link. Then go ahead and write something wonderful about this show. Awesome. One more thing. Think about all the people you know who would enjoy listening to this show. Now, share it with them. You can send them a text, an email, a letter, or just put it on your social media, www.makethatpaperpodcast.com. That's www.makethatpaperpodcast.com. Thanks, you guys. Now enjoy the show! the show where we talk about all the crazy jobs we do to make the cash we need to pursue our artistic dreams and to perform at every improv theater this side of the Mississippi. Actually, he's from Chicago, which is the other side of the Mississippi. This side of Lake Michigan. Solid Googling, Biebs. Um, We're talking about that security gig, the patrol position. It's the old bouncer biz. We are your hosts, Jamie Parker Stickle. And I'm Jason Bieber. And on this episode, we are talking to an improviser, a writer, and as the wokest dad on the internet, he is the co-host of the Father Good Podcast. Which I recently had the pleasure of being on and uh, yeah, super woke. So woke, right? Oh, so woke. Please welcome to the show our good friend, Marshall Givens. Yay. What's up? Let me just wipe the sleep out of my eyes, guys. Let me just get wake that on out. Up. <laughs> Let me wake like up. that Friday night and making him do this with us. Well, we woke him up. Well, his children hey, are. Hey, <laughs> look, they look. Oh, my God. I got, we got him to sleep, I think. I think they're asleep. We're we, just we, now transitioning into that um, you stay in the room and we leave the room and you put yourself to sleep. Oh, are they Tran- 15 already? No, I wish. Because <laughs> if they were 15, they wouldn't wake up at five in the morning. That's true. <laughs> that is, that, oh. This is starting to help with that, of letting them put themselves to sleep. But it's three of them in one room. So oh, I've the, been twins, there. the twins want to talk. You know what's up, Jamie. Like The twins yeah. want to talk. And then our oldest doesn't want to necessarily talk, but he's also pulled in by their like joy, and so then they're all talking. So yeah, he doesn't want we're to talk. That, we're but he's not going to sleep. So this is probably a topic for it. another show. But my dad was in charge of putting us to bed. Um, <laughs> there were four of us in the room, and um, he would fall asleep on my bed, and we would stay up and talk and wait until he farted in our bed, waking himself. <laughs> and then he would say, oh, just kidding, time for me to go. And he'd be so pissed because he farted and left. left. Well, good night. <laughs> Most bad thing ever. Here's the thing. Marshall has done a lot of jobs that we've talked about on this show, and he's going to bring mm-hmm. a whole new experience and story to it. And I'm really mm-hmm. excited to to hear that. And I want to start with um, you dressing up as a rabbit and oh. walking around <laughs> houses and taking yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. As little uh, context as possible. As little context as possible. Um, Did your agent uh, take uh, this job? I made, oh no, this was pre-agent days. This was this was when I was like straight, straight, just on my own with this, this whole is, this acting is thing. This is, yeah, this was like for real. LA this or was, Chicago. This is Chicago. This was okay. early. This was early. Like I was, uh, I was maybe a few, maybe like a year or two. No, like one year in and tra- like taking classes at Second City, like I was I was interning like during the day and taking class at night and, and interning at night. And uh, somebody who I was working with at Second City, uh, shout out to Garrett Prejean. Uh, he's down in New Orleans right now. He's a Louisiana guy. He's, he's got his own theater down there. Shout oh, out. Awesome. Um we were, he was, he it was like, we were the two second city interns. Like it was, it was us like in the office. You were and, an intern when I would come in and I thought you were like. No, he was, no, you weren't. Or he was working no. in the booth or something. I've been there when Marshall and I was so intimidated as a student <laughs> Marshall, I would be like, I have a tick. I was, but I was, that was when I was stage managing when I was by, by oh, that point. And I so was. I would just, yeah, I was just always hanging around because I like. They gave me the keys to the place, so I felt like I was in. I was felt like I was important. You were. Important. <laughs> you were. Oh, I mean, I want to come back to the bunny, but I want uh-huh. to talk about this for a second because. Oh, right. You had a story about Marshall well, when you and I first met. You uh-huh. were, you know, you were stage managing at Second City, and you uh-huh. weren't taking classes, and I hadn't seen you perform yet. So I just thought that's what you were. <laughs> like, I, that was just it. Everyone knew you. You were Marshall up in the booth. Uh-huh. You were Marshall in the booth. And that's like, I, and it like, it blew my mind more than a full year later when I finally saw you perform improv. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that would be a pretty random job for somebody to have who wasn't in this environment. Otherwise. You know, but it wasn't random. That was no. the thing. Like, it wasn't random for me. Like, I, so as an intern, like, I was working in the office and stuff like that. And then the stage. In Chicago. In Chicago. Oh. And one and, and in one of the uh so they had the three stages in Chicago is the main stage, the ETC stage, and then they had a little black box theater called Donnie Skybox. Uh it's the Martin DeMott Theater now, but back then it was the Donnie Skybox. And so the stage manager in the Donnie Skybox, like that's where all the student shows were happening and a lot of like the the uh you know, like those off like like weird shows, crazy shows and stuff like that would happen mm-hmm. in that theater. And we had become friends, like me and and the stage manager. His name is Jason Flowers. Shout out Jay Fleezy. Um, he, yeah, I, lo- I love that guy. Um, he taught me everything I knew about stage management because he was like, "Hey, man, I want an intern so that I can teach you know the intern how to do stuff, so I don't have to work every weekend." And I was like, "Well, I'll do it. Like, yo, let's go." And he was like, "Yeah." And so then I became his intern, and I like he taught me everything about stage managing, taught me about the lights, running shows, sketch shows, improv shows. I just started soaking all that up as an intern because I was like, I still need the internship to to pay for my classes. So that's what I did. And so that's kind of how I ended up being a stage manager for so long because it was a way for me to actually like make money and be in the in in and around the improv, the sketch, the comedy scene. So it just made perfect sense for me once it became an option. I was like, yeah, I'll be doing that. Thank you. Yes, I mean, that's exactly how you want to fall into something. It was great. It was great. I was very lucky for that to have happened. I graduated from the writing program and Amy Seeley was our person and and she talked about you a lot. And um, (laughs) Mirage and I, you you know Mirage Troms, right? I know Mirage. Mirage Mirage. and I are, are, well, we call each other sisters. She calls me her twin sister, but she's my, um, one of my BFFs forever. And um, 
Mirage and I, we tend to write um, sketches and work in general. I write work for ambiguity in race. Like, especially when it comes to sketch and TV, I believe that, you know, everyone should be represented and you don't need to call out like, this person is black, this person is Mm -hmm. white. Like, hey, let's open casting up. So when we wrote our show for Second City, we had these characters and we expected there to be a diverse group of people. And it wasn't, it was all white men that came in. There weren't even that many white women that came in to audition for a writer show at Second City. And Amy and Mirage and I were like, what happened to Marshall? What happened to AK? Like, weren't these men here at one point? Like, I just recall sitting in a room and Mirage and I looking at each other like, well, this isn't going to work. And they literally made us go rewrite sketches. We were like, ah, man. It was pretty. I mean, that's how your name kept coming back up for me 10 years ago, 12 years ago. That's so um, funny. Yeah, that was probably then right after I got laid off because I asked for a raise. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. And JK had done, I met JK because he. one of my things had gone up at IO um, uh-huh. in the news show. And um, this is Jason Kelly, C episode two. Yeah. yeah. Season one. Yeah, and yeah. Jason Kelly booked that, played the role that I created in that sketch, which okay. was awesome. So I was like, um, Where's Jason Kelly? Where's Marshall Gibbons? Like Mirage and I were like, what's happening? I think, I think by that point we, because we, I think at, by that point we had already put together Tuskegee Experiment. We had already had like a couple of runs uh, at Second City, and then out of the blue, we just like kind of lost um, support. Sort of. I don't know. I'm not sure what happened. We like lost support we lost our coach and and stuff so we were like all right well we'll just move on then and so we started doing the shows at io so that's probably around that time where you're like where are those guys and like yeah we're not here no more yeah, it was it was very eye-opening it was very, okay it was very eye-opening i mean that was the whole reason why we made the group in the first place was that exact thing of like where are we at um <laughs> like i was stage managing and i and then the other five of them i saw you know steven jason adana duana yeah. uh tammy like they were just the only other black people on other groups and so it was just like well, why don't we do something so oh miss tammy smalls she's so good <laughs> um anyways um so bunny suit bunny suit mm. i want to talk about right bunny suit okay let me get to it <laughs> No, I, it was close. It was close, though. All right, let me get. Let me tell you about the bunny suit. Let me tell you about the bunny suit. I would like you said bunny suit, and for some reason it just it surprised me. Well, I really pictured you with a little cottontail at the um, Playboy Mansion. At the play at the Playboy. Uh, oh, you know what's funny? As an intern at Second City, at an and as an intern at Second City, there was randomly a delivery that had to happen to go to. Um, the Playboy uh, like offices uh, in Chicago, and I remember at the time I was like twenty one. Like <gasps> I want to, I want to make this delivery. I want to sit. <laughs> I want to take whatever it is and go there. Please yes. didn't get to go. But see, but see, I heard, I just heard, I just heard stories. I just heard stories, and so I just thought, okay, well, let me go. <laughs> dude, dude, I had a girlfriend who got tickets through work, and then her husband. It's our friend. I can't remember who it was. But remember, her husband got like the flu violently ill and couldn't go. Oh, it was Mika and David, I think. I can't remember. We are never but anyways, hear the story. Um, he got he got the we ticket. Didn't. He got violently ill. So she went without him anyways because she had to see. To the mansion? To the oh, mansion. Wow. Yeah. Parties. I mean, yeah. 
You, yeah. I, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Like, I'm sorry. Like, me this and my wife happened. had tickets to the Playboy Mansion and I got sick. I can't go. I'm not saying like, no, don't go. Like, okay, you don't get you that opportunity. For sure that if you and your wife got tickets to the Playboy Mansion and she got sick, you don't get to go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Well, I'm not stupid, Jason. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I've I've seen I've seen enough sitcoms with enough dads to make enough wrong choices to know that if I'm not sick and she is, I'm not going. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I appreciate mm-hmm. that, gentlemen. Okay, back to bunnies. I'll tell you, I'll tell you. Okay, so this is what happened. We're interning and uh and Garrett one day one day he's like, Hey man, um what are you doing this weekend? <laughs> and I'm like, eh, nothing really, man. You know, what's up? And he's like, hey, okay, so uh, I just got an opportunity to like make a couple, like make a quick, like 200 bucks, uh, you know, like as a costume character. And I was like, and he's like, do you want to do it? And I was like, I guess. I mean, sure, 200 bucks as a 20, 20 year old, 21 year old. Like, yeah, let, let's get, let me get that. You're thinking it's like something uh, like <laughs> or. <laughs> Well, I, like it, it was, it was, it was vague, but it didn't. It like I know him, like I knew him, so it, I knew that it wasn't something that was going to be like, like out of like, like too outland. Easter? Is it Easter? No, 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 no. It's not Easter. It's not Easter. He goes. So here's the deal. There's a photographer. He's a big photographer. He's like shoots everybody and everything. I don't know his name. I never ever actually got this photographer's name. I'm really but he shoot now. but he shoots everything and he shoots everybody and and he's super huge and he has a birthday. Uh and he he wants to hire a bunch of dudes to a bunch of people to like wear these mascot costumes and people are dudes being specific because you're freaking well he didn't say he didn't say dudes but it was all it was just all guys. It was like three or four of us I believe it was. And so he said, yeah, so he goes, so he's like, you know, he, and he wants the, 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 uh, he wants us to like hang out at this party wearing these mascot costumes. And I was like, well, what? Mm -hmm. He's like, he's going to pay us 200 bucks for the night. I was like, okay, that's okay. All right. Whatever. Like I'm 21. Like, Mm -hmm. let's go. Like, okay, fine. We show up, we get to the door. This dude lives in the three story, like loft building. Like it's like all three stories are his like everything, like it's humongous. It is all his. And so I was like, oh, so this dude is legit, right? So we go, so he lets us, he, you know, he comes to the door, he lets us in. He's like, hey, what's up, guys? Shows us one of the flyers for the birthday party. And so this was the kicker. He sent out like flyers to friends and people like, hey, come to my birthday party. And then there was a disclaimer down toward the bottom said, but beware of the rabbits. Like he put a disclaimer on it, right? Dude. So I'm looking. If you were a woman, you would have opened that door. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent. I'd have been out of there if I was a female. I get that completely. But I was at the time. I'm like, well, whatever. Okay, I'm here now, right? So, so he's like, beware of the rabbits. I'm like, okay, that's weird. So he takes us up to like the third floor to one of his bedrooms or whatever, and like he's got all of the mascot bunny costumes like laid out with the big head too. It's not like just like some. It was like the big gigantic like mascot head right and he's like <clears throat> i'm so scared where the story is going right now. oh no I- okay because it, it, everything about it could be very very wrong <laughs> so he's like here's the here are your costumes right and he's, we got there before the party started obviously and so he's like here are the costumes and he's like all right guys look this is what i want put on the costumes randomly not everybody wear a costume at the same time 
and just walk around during the party. Don't talk to anybody. Just walk around. And if somebody does something or says something or whatever, like you don't have to say anything. You can like interact with people, but just don't talk to them. He's like, okay. He's like, and don't wear the costume the whole night. Just you take turns. You guys hang out at the party, mingle, whatever. And then randomly every once in a while, just go upstairs and put on the costume and come back and just walk around. I was like, really? That's it? Like, that's it. So he's like, all right. Um, the party will start in about, you know, people start showing up in about half an hour. So go hang out, right? Just go hang out. So literally we're like, okay. He's got like tubs of beer and alcohol, like all over his house, like all every floor, like every room, his kitchen and like living room situation looked like a BW threes almost like it was like brick and like big and like this huge kitchen, this huge island and this huge TV. Like it was just like this whole his whole place was ridiculous. He had one one floor of the loft was all of the pictures blown up to like ridiculous, monstrous proportions. But like all these pictures that he's taken. So he's got like Michael Jordan and he's got like this this politician here and this celebrity there. And I'm just looking around like, what the, oh my God. Like this dude is legit, like the photographer. And I have never heard of this dude. I have no idea who this dude is. I just, all he is is a Chicago photographer who's a huge Bulls fan. That's all I know. And he's rich. So people start to trickle into this party now, right? And there's a, and there's, and I'm starting to get a feel for the kind of like clientele. It's like, first it starts off like, kind of artsy right like you get some vibes of like people coming to like an art gallery a photo gallery kind of stuff right You're getting those vibes i'm like okay reserved, all right that's like, not 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 necessarily reserved but like just that bohemian artsy like you going to a, a show at downtown los angeles type of situation right so i'm like okay music's playing like it's you know lights are dark and it's and people are starting to pile in like at a certain point, there's like a hundred people in this dude's house at, at like, and that was early. Like it got up to at least like almost 200, but at one, like early on, it was like about a hundred people. It was just people filing in all of a sudden. And then I started noticing like, uh, uh, like rich soccer mom looking times, right? <laughs> like it was crazy. And then I started seeing, so then I was like, oh, there's the money people are starting to show up. Oh, okay. I see what's going on. Right. And so then there's this big blend of people and people are like going crazy and people are just introducing like, Hey, how you doing? Hey. I'm like, Hey, what's up? I don't know you. What's going on? Like, we're just, everybody's just hanging out, having a good time vibing and stuff. People are like randomly like, hey, what about that flyer? You talk, you seen the thing about the bunnies? And I'm like, ha, I know, right? Crazy. I don't know what to expect, right? Whatever. So then we, we hang out. We're doing, you know, we're all just mingling and stuff. And then like randomly, it's just like uh, my, my buddy Garrett's like, hey, you know, we should probably, let's go. I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Go upstairs, throw on the bunny joint, throw on the whole costume, put the head on, make our way downstairs to the party. People start freaking out. Whoa, what is this? Who, ah, there's a bunny. Oh, and then people are like, oh, I remember now the bunny, the flyer. Ah, ha, 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 yay, bunny, yay, bunny. I'm telling you, after about 20 minutes of like people freaking out about bunnies showing up at this party, everybody lets loose. They're like, oh, it's this kind of party. What does that like, mean? What is this kind of party? What is this kind like, of party? Okay, so at that point, like every, every like, like rich soccer mom type that was there starts grabbing us in our bunny costumes and they're like pulling us in. They want to dance. They want to grab. They want to squeeze. They want us to hold them. They want us to like, I I kid you not. I was, it turned into like, Oh, okay. This is what's going down right now. At one point, one of the ladies grabbed me and sat me down in the chair and then 
her and four other women tried to sit on my lap at the same time. <laughs> oh my and they God. threw me on this chair and the chair did not hold us. <laughs> so literally like the last lady sits down and then I hear the snap of the picture, like, the, like cause I could barely see out of the head at that point. <laughs> so like, I see like the flash come through like the eye part. So I was like, okay, I know that the picture got taken. And then the chair goes, Kush! Like, just completely crashed. Like, they're, like, we're just, like, laying out on the floor. Like, I'm trying to hold my head, like, the the the, the costume on my head. I'm like, oh, I can't let, I can't break this. I can't right. break the reality. Like, it was so wild and ridiculous. So, that was, like, the, that was so much fun. Either way. I do, too. Oh, yeah. I was, look, I was, like, for 200 bucks, like, please, I'm going to, like, ride this out. This is fun for me because I was, like, you, I'm so anonymous right now. You people do not know who I am. I do I'm going to just let loose. This is crazy. I'm going to let you guys go nuts. I, I want to interject here for a second. Yes, please, because, please, please. Um, I'm going to tell a deep, dark secret that I haven't exposed <laughs> on this show before. And usually mm -hmm. only my very close inner circle of female friends knows this information in Bieber. But I was with an agency in Detroit and naive at 21. And they were like, hey, the Miss um, USA pageant Michigan is going to be televised and... Um, Alan Thicke is going to be the host. And so we're going to, yeah. we're going to put you in the pageant because what I later found out, there weren't enough girls signed up for the pageant. <laughs> legitimately, So they hired actresses, but they didn't pay us. They were like, it's great exposure. Oh, one of those. Let, yeah. Let's fast forward for a minute. I am not okay. a pageant girl. I am not. I can vouch for that. Yeah. I'm not fake tan. You know, I'm not going to wear um, a mini skirt. In a blazer for my interview, I'm going to wear a pantsuit, which we were forbidden to do, but I did anyway. <laughs> clearly, you know, I was like, I'm not really trying to win this. And they're mm -hmm. very irritated with me. They're like, you're not committed to the part. But let me, <laughs> let me go back for a second. We uh, had to uh, meet with the photographer because there's a book and everybody gets <clears throat> headshots, pageant style headshots with this photographer as being in the pageant. So I show up and he thinks I'm in the teen pageant and not in the miss. So my pictures accidentally went into the junior pageant instead of Miss, which is fine because I look 12. What, what's 20, the cutoff? What's the age cutoff on that? So for for Miss, you have to be 19 or 18 or 19. And junior, it's like whatever to 18. But mm. I'm 21. doesn't matter. But it doesn't you look, matter. You look 12. I look 12. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the point is we get to the hotel and I'm talking to my roommate and this other woman that's in the pageant. And they are telling me. Oh, did you do pedals? And I said, what? What's pedals? And they're like, yeah, I, I did it. And I'm like, what the fuck is pedals? And they're like, the book, pedals for the photographer. And I said, no, I wasn't asked. He actually thought I was, I thought it was so funny that he thought I was in the junior pageant. He thought I was in Miss Teen USA. So, you know, I was <laughs> underage. What's pedals? And they're like, he took pictures of our vagina and paid up <gasps> for it and sold and sold a book of all these girls' vaginas, paid them like each 500 bucks, and all they had to do was, you know, spread eagle, no face, just their hoo-ha. So I sort of feel good that he thought I was a teen and couldn't be in pedals, even though I didn't know anyways. Like, who's – no, you can't take a picture of my hoo-ha. I'm an actress. But Wait, did the, even the actresses like that were hired to do this? Did they do it too? Yes. It was $500. Child, know. no face. They're like, that's not porn. It's art. A photographer Damn. did it. And this and 500 is no face. I get that. I get that. He's right. Photographer. I mean, for $500, I, I might do an anonymous butthole picture right now. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Thicke was the host. Um, it doesn't matter. 
Yes, I would let Alan introduce my butthole to the world as long as no one gets to know it's me. He knew nothing about it. It was the Mm -hmm. photographer. The photographers are, the point of my story is photographers be crazy and they will pick Mm -hmm. people who do crazy S-H-I-T. Oh yeah, they will definitely pay you for that. <laughs> they will definitely. Story. Matter of fact, he paid he paid us more. He actually paid us more than what we thought we were going to get paid too. Like he ended up giving us like two fifty, I think. Like because it was only supposed to be like two hundred, and they, and like he handed each of us like two fifty at the end of the night. Like thanks guys, just handed out cash. It was like sweet. All right, that's amazing. I got a night of a party. I got free booze, and and the best part about this night for me happened because we were able to like mingle and go back and forth between costume and, un- and non-costume right uh and so it was funny like not being in the costume and then more people were like oh did you see that bunny that just came through and be like yeah i saw that that was crazy right and like just <laughs> completely playing along with the joke so, so awesome. i'm like like i'm having a great time like i'm like just you know drinking and walking around and then i hit one of the rooms where all of his pictures were Mm-hmm. So I walked in in one end and I'm like looking at some pictures and there's like one other person on one side and then there's two other people on another side talking and I'm like, I'm like, okay, cool. And I'm looking at pictures and then I look at the two people talking and I recognize one of them as the punky QB known as McMahon, Jim McMahon, former quarterback for the Chicago Bears Super Bowl 20, right? Three. So like I saw that and I was like, I got to get my bunny shoot. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, right. <laughs> I got to go put on these ears so I can talk to Jim McMahon real quick. <laughs> I saw it and they were sharing a joint. Yeah. And Jim McMahon takes a puff, looks over at me as I'm like staring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, hey, man, you want to hit this? <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, Jim McMahon just gave me a joint. Oh, no. <laughs> I can't wait to tell my boys about this. I'm smoking a J with Jim McMahon. Yeah. <laughs> like, there was, like, I was so, like, I was, that made up for it. Like, if I hadn't gotten paid that night, I'd have been fine because I was like, oh, I smoked a J with Jim McMahon. I'm good. That was the first time anything like that had happened to me, especially around acting. So I was just like, I love, I love theater. I love this. I love my life so much. <laughs> Like I was so happy at the end of the night. This is what acting is. It's interactive theater. (laughs) Yeah, I was so happy. Well, this, this, uh, this job, fortunately, you got out unscathed. I got. I made it out. Probably would have benefited from having maybe. I don't know, a security detail, somebody to usher you around, take care of. That chair wouldn't have been broken. Probably not. Certainly, strippers go in with two, you know, male escorts. Now. You have also performed the function of being a security security guard, a security. I've been I've I've been a security guard. I've been a bouncer. I've been a doorman. And that's what we call ourselves when we're working with each other, because we don't like the term bouncers. Apparently (laughs) we're doormen. Uh, uh, they expect something from you when they call you a bouncer. They expect you to be like bouncing people's heads or something. You're like, well, that was you know my bouncing days. Like (laughs) the the, when you're you're living in a yes and world to be a no bud guy, (laughs) right? (laughs) So (laughs) what happened was I was so I was working at I was after my internship at Second City. I was uh, they hired me in the box office. Right. They were like, oh, well, you can you can do stage managing and you can work in the box office, too. Right. So I was like, 
Sweet. Uh, okay, so I worked, I went from intern and then to stage manager and then stage manager and box office, right? And then I got fired from the box office because I'm not good at customer service. Oh. Uh, and by I that, I mean, I didn't even know well, that's, that wasn't customer service to me. Like that's different <laughs> to me. Customer service is I got to deal with somebody, a customer paying for some tickets to something and not listening to the instructions on the voicemail that they heard that I know that they heard because I recorded it before I talked to them live on the phone. And that started to become a problem for me is that eh, I know you didn't listen because you're asking me the question that I answered before you got to me. Okay, okay. And for some reason that used to grate on me. So I lasted about a year in the box office before I was um, kindly allowed to leave so that I would not be like, it was <laughs> it was a firing, but it was more like, hey, so at the end of the month, we're gonna let you go so that you don't leave cursing and screaming because you're so mad because this job has seemed to affect your 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 personality since you've been doing the box office part. Like, and they, like, luckily, like, I like they liked me enough that they were like, we're gonna give you this chance to like, not burn the bridge <laughs> by letting you go first. So it's like, thank you, I appreciate that, thank you. Um, so I was still a stage manager there. Um, and then, uh, I got the whole, you know what, it's time to move to, it's time to move to LA to pursue like actual, you know, acting work, yeah. right? Like, like I, like my, the, the girlfriend I had at the time and my mom, like two separate occasions, two separate conversations, both like, I think it's, I think you should think about moving to LA. Like, I think it's time for you to think about doing that. Was the uh, girlfriend I, your wife now? No, no, this was she before. Was, I she was, she was like, go. She you was need very, to go. I'm was, done. She was very she kindly allowing him to leave his contract. <laughs> he was she was letting him go before he got angry. <laughs> I was just going to say. Yeah, exactly. So uh, before you leave cursing and screaming, <laughs> why don't we end this amicably? Um, <laughs> so I was like, okay. I So I like prepped the move and everything. And so at that point, I was like, okay, I'm moving to LA. I'm moving to like be an actor and perform. So I'm not stage man anymore like that was because what happened was i was stage managing so much that i wasn't performing like mm -hmm. by that time it was just like that's all i was known for i just become known as the stage manager because like i loved it i enjoyed it i had fun yeah. i worked with a lot of good groups uh stir friday night uh was a group that i worked with a lot and stuff like that so i was like galileo players and stuff like so i just was having fun doing it i got to travel while i was doing it and get paid and stuff like that so the torco no, I didn't. I didn't ever get to to stage manage Turco, but I stage managed so many other like offshoot shows and stuff like that that it was cool. I was like, all right, like this yeah. is good, but it was taking away from my performance, right? So I was like, when I moved to LA, I'm not, I'm not stage managing. I'm just go, you know, take whatever I got saved and get some, get a regular job, uh, uh, or whatever, and 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 do that. And then I got out here and uh, I was working a security job <laughs> for. A little while and uh, uh and i was actually staying on alex burke's couch i don't mm -hmm. know if anybody knows alex, alex burke shout out to alex he was uh i was staying on his couch when i first got out here and he was like hey man uh the stage manager at second city is uh he's thinking about leaving because he's gonna go do uh survivor uh and they need and he was like well he works seven days a week and they need he like doesn't get a day off do you want to like and i was like i don't know and then I think what happened was I like had a security gig and I was just like, I'm just tired of, I'm tired of standing like securing stuff. Like I'm just tired of being the security dude. Like I just, I just, well, let's talk right, about that. Let's talk about, yeah, let, we can go into that. Let's get into that. Let's do that. Because how, did into it? how did you end up working security? Like what, yeah. how'd you find that gig? 
in between getting hired for the box office, I got a job as a bouncer at a bar slash club in Chicago on in on in the Rush Street area of Chicago. So if you know like what that's like, it's like a lot of bars, a lot of clubs. You know, it's right off the Gold Coast where all the rich people are. You know, stuff like that, right? So I was working that job as a bouncer. Uh, uh, so I had already had like some, like, I knew I could do it. Like, I was like, all right, I know you just throw a security shirt on me. I'm big. So it's fine. Like, I don't want to fight anybody. Like, like, don't get me wrong. I don't want to fight. But like, I know, like, if I have a look on my face, like if I figured out, if I look, if I make myself, if I allow myself to look tired, then people think I'm mad and therefore don't mess with me. And so I found that out as a bouncer. So I was like, all right, I can do security. So when I got out to LA, um, a friend of mine who I had met from Chicago, who, whose sketch group I was stage managing for, he was working as a security guard on the Sony lot. And he had gotten his job. Granted, he's not a security guard type of person, but it was just a good job so he can get into that, you know, into the lot. And so he, he, you know, hooked me up. He was like, hey, I'm working for this company. You know, it's real super easy. You take a test and you take a drug test and then, you know, you get your guard card and you're good to go. I was like, okay, cool. Like I went in and I took the test and they were like, okay, um, we're going to give you, we're going to have you on special events. I was like, oh, okay. Well, what's special events? I'm like you wear a suit <laughs> and I had my own suit. So I was good. I didn't have to buy anything. They give you um, one of those metal detector wands and um, night vision uh, uh, goggles. What? Not like like <laughs> night vision binoculars. I'll tell you why the night vision binoculars, because the thing that I was doing most of the time was being security for uh, film screenings that were before films were released for like either for internal stuff for like I was I did a screening for the Bratz movie. Actually, I've done two screenings for the Bratz movie, but one of them was for all of the big wigs at Geffen Records because they were doing the soundtrack. So it was like stuff like that where it was like. So we had the night vision goggles because in a dark theater, if anybody is recording anything, right. the night vision goggles will, will will reflect off of their camera. And so you'll see who's recording something and then you can be like, yo, yo let's go. Did you catch on anyone? Did you catch anyone? No, 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 never. Here's the thing. All of <laughs> all of the movies that I that I ended up working, uh, like there weren't movies that people were trying to like. It was the Bratz snatch. movie. No one needed. It was like it was like nobody's trying to take the Bratz movie. Like I, one movie I did do was Spider Man Three just before it dropped. Like they did like a huge screening for the employees at Sony. So they had like their movie theater that's right off of their lot. Like all twelve screens, like twelve of the fourteen screens were <laughs> were playing Spider Man Three staggered, um, and I had to be. Like I was doing, I was, uh, I would do events where I had to stay in the projection room with the copy of the film to make sure that it got back in the case locked for the studio to come pick it up because it wasn't supposed to get out yet. Like it was stuff like that. Um, so like that was pretty much my gig was just like, hey, all right, the screening here, that screening there. Okay, that's cool. This like the the Simpsons premiere, the Simpsons movie premiere party on the Fox lot. Like I was doing security there. Like randomly, like Jose Canseco was there randomly. Like it was weird. I met him at that thing because, oh, you really are missing a finger. All right, cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, great. Was that job consistent? Did it pay well consistently or was it like as needed? It it was consistent because the company, um, they did security for like, I, I, I feel like they do security for like 70% of the things in LA. Like yeah. they, they have the Sony lot. They had the, um, 
uh, uh, Sunset Gower lot. They had Hollywood and Highland, like the whole mall, like that's them. Oh, wow. um, so the uh, the Oscars, right. uh, American Idol finale, stuff like that. Like I got to work like a lot of those different things, not the Oscars, but like American Idol finale and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like you get to like be around for all that stuff. So that was like, it was a big, like a major company and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting. Like I, <laughs> I remember that um, like like you get to see just how far fans will go for stuff. Tell us. <laughs> like tell you us just get to craziest thing like, you saw. Uh, I mean, what was like one of the craziest? Uh, I remember for the um, one of the American Idol finale shows, like there was a guy who was like, he had a sign and he was like pushing past, like, like there was a lot of ladies like in the front trying to like get and like yell and stuff. And I remember him like pushing ladies out of his way so he could be like, like throw his sign up and like, I'll, you know, I'll I'll wear my, like I'll strip to my underwear. Like he was just saying like random craziness. Enthusiastic. He's just like, dude, you need to chill, bro. (laughs) I want to criticize fans, except um, we went to the Rafi concert before lockdown in January. (laughs) And I got to tell you, Jason paid for the tickets where we got to actually meet Rafi. And I sort of lost my shit. Yeah. (laughs) Like my childhood idol, right? Jamie got real weird with Rafi. I really got really weird with Rafi. (laughs) (laughs) So that was the craziest thing that happened that you like. You saw well, that was actually, yeah. Like, what's the craziest thing that you actually had to like in any security job where hmm. you had to, like step in and be security? Okay, oh, I've yeah. got <laughs> I've got a couple of things. Like the stuff in LA, actually, I never had to do anything too crazy. Like, um, I think the weirdest security job I had in LA was that I had to. Um, there was a reality show called um, uh, Soap Opera Star. Yeah, Bunny Party. Um, it was a, uh, I forget what network it was on, but it was basically people trying to, a reality show of people, of actors who trying to get onto a soap opera. What yeah. year was this? This was in 07. Does it have to be, yeah, like late 07, something like that? I am not yeah. sure. I will be looking at And that. I was like, so you want to be a soap star? I think that was the name of it, something like that. So the way that this, the way that the show worked was that all of the contestants had to, live and sleep on the set mm. they had like they converted the offices you know, like they would have offices on rat like on a uh like like in the catwalk above the the set the sound stage they mm. would uh they had offices and they converted these offices into bedrooms for the contestants and the deal was they couldn't leave they're like not allowed to leave their area when the stuff is happening. And so that like for two days of that show, like I was a security guard overnight having to make sure they did not leave. <laughs> so I'm literally like just sitting in an empty set on a, on a Sony sound stage, <laughs> just waiting, just like just there overnight, literally for, I like started at like nine at night, seven at night to like six, seven in the morning. Leave like I, there. Like if they were like, I want to get they couldn't leave. They were under. They were contractually obligated to stay there overnight. Like if the cameras weren't there, they couldn't leave their rooms. So I had to be there to make sure that they didn't do. Like they could go to the bathroom, but like they couldn't leave that area if the cameras weren't around. And overnight, they they were they just weren't going to have people cameramen there, camera people there. So I had to be there to like <laughs> that was that was 
hilariously annoying, more annoying than I anticipated because I just didn't realize how tired I was going to be at around like 1 a.m. and realizing I had still had like six hours more to go of staying awake. And so it just became real annoying. Like those two, the best part about that was like, oh, the craft services table was always stocked. So like that was how I kept myself awake was just standing at the craft table and snacking all night. So like I gained a little bit of weight. I was the only security. Yeah, I literally was the only person other than the contestants. I would be the only person inside of like a, a giant soundstage. I was the only person. I would be terrified. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Did you feel like, did you go and do some scene work? No, but what I did do was I scoured, like, I scoured every inch of those sets. Like, I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'm just going to, like, I'm, I got free reign, right? I'll just walk around and check it out. Like, because I was still relatively new to LA. So this still was like, this is the thing I want to do. I want to be around this. So like, I just walked around the, 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 the whole soundstage and just like, oh, wow, this is cool. And it happened to be the same soundstage that they also shot um, whatever, um, oh, uh, Brad Garrett's sitcom was at the time that he did not not the one he got after everybody loves raymond whatever sitcom he had then that was where they shot that too and i only knew that because one of the little side offices that i was like as i'm exploring because i'm an only child too so i'll just go searching for stuff and i just started going into places and i was like oh this is their like (laughs) like greenish waiting room it wasn't like the dressing room dressing room but like i saw it because i like the brad garrett's name was on something and there was this thing about the show and this i was like oh Oh, okay, this is Brad, where Brad Garrett and some other. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Like that was just kind of my vibe at the time. Was like, well, I'm here, so I'm just gonna soak it all in. Uh, so like that was the best part of that job. Really was like, all right, well, I get to experience studio life without anybody interrupting me, which is what I kind of like. It's a little like night in the museum, kind of. You know, well, one hundred percent, yeah, yeah. And those sound stages are massive. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's like a giant warehouse without just, anything in it. But well, rooms, there, fake no, rooms. Yeah, fake rooms, and you could get totally turned around and lost. I remember last year when we were at the, or two years ago when we were on the Warner Brothers um, soundstage. I couldn't. I kept getting lost, and finally, I would find Bashir, and I was like, "Shout out to Bashir!" And I was like, "Oh, nice. I'm in the red spot." He's like, <laughs> he'd be hiding, you know. But you were on set, and I couldn't. I, I was. I was very confused where I was. Really easy to get lost, especially in those sound stages where they like throw a bunch of, they film a bunch of shows. They're able to film a bunch of shows because the sets are so small. So they stack like all the sets. Because like the judge, um, I think it was the Judge Judy set was also in that sound stage. So like literally I I took pictures because I was like, the lights are off, like nothing's happening. And I'm just like, oh, wait. Wait a minute! I'm in a courtroom right now. How did I get in a? Yeah, for oh, for those of you at home who are not familiar with working on Hollywood sets, this is walking through one of these sound stages is a little bit like a fever dream. Yes. <laughs> yes. You're just like you know, you're 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 in a nice, quiet living room, and then you step into what should be the kitchen, but instead you're at a craft service table, and you turn mm-hmm. around and you walk through another door, and you're on in, on Judge Judy's bench with like yeah. fifty. <laughs> it's very dark unless something's filming and they have lights on. Otherwise, it's just pitch black dark. Yeah. Like there's like some fluorescent lighting, but it's you know try try to find a bathroom and come back from the bathroom is <laughs> not even going to happen mm-hmm. that is that is the worst when you're in a new set and you're like i don't know how to get back to where i just came from <laughs> i just wanted to ask you if there's anything you've got going yeah. on right now that you yep. want to plug like a podcast or something ah ooh well we have uh, i am a co-host of a podcast called father good podcast jason bieber has been on it it's great 
um, uh, with uh, Kenny Stevenson, who's also another comedian, good friend of mine. Um, uh, we both had kids at about the same time. Uh, we were on a sketch team together at UCB. Um, so yeah, it's just a podcast. Uh, we have guests or other funny dads, and we just talk about dad stuff and and you know be funny about it. And but sometimes we get real because you know there's the reason why we started this podcast was a like we would just be talking about dad stuff together. It's like you know we should just do a podcast about this and about like to give people a chance to hear like a perspective. Not that they don't hear the male perspective, but like not enough guys want to talk about hard stuff. And so this is a way in which like we can talk about something and be funny and we're, you know, we're just funny guys and we always have funny people on, but eventually like once you start opening up, then we might get into something real and then that actually might help somebody who listens. And that's kind of what we like to, to, to do is like get to a point where hopefully you heard this and that something helped you deal with your parenting journey. So. Yeah. I would really like to see somebody have a breakdown on the show. Oh, just listen to my episode. The <laughs> <laughs> weeping mess at the end of it. Um, oh my God, Jason was so messy. So messy. <laughs> I heard you guys rush off the phone. I was like, well, that was really, you were only on for like 10 minutes. What very, happened, babe? Very abrupt. Um, yeah, it, was, it was horrible. It was embarrassing. <laughs> I, I'm off and can't take him in public. So the whole isolation thing was good for us. Are you currently teaching classes at Second City online? I'm, curr- I'm currently online teaching. I'm currently doing that virtual learning situation. Oh, so um, you have students from weird. like different states that are signing up for classes? Yeah, that's the thing now. So it's like it the, the thing that the pandemic did do was open up classes to a lot more people. Which is That's great. what it did. So I've had people who were in London. Wow. Let me hear the accent. Let me hear the accent. <laughs> Would you stop? <laughs> oh, pip, pip, cheerio. Uh, my name's John Boyega. Um, no, that's... <laughs> That's about as all I get. That was exactly it. <laughs> it's getting late. We're all getting loopy. We're parents. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, that's right. You guys got to get some sleep, too. What, are you going to be up an hour after this? My problem is that for <laughs> my brain won't let me go to sleep right away. Oh, yeah, same. <laughs> yeah, that's... So I'm going to be up for way longer than I should, and then we'll be upset when I wake up earlier than I want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I told Jack, I said, listen, buddy, tomorrow's Saturday. Here's the rules. I'm going to leave the TV in the living room down. You know how to use the remote. Don't wake us up until we get up. You can get in bed with us. Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> no kidding. It'll last two minutes. He'll be like, I did it for oh, two no. minutes. Come on. That's, that's fun. Yeah, they the kids have no concept of time. You, no. like, two minutes is forever. <laughs> well, how much longer do you just wait till he starts saying, but I need to talk. But I need to. (laughs) He does. And he, this morning I told him, um, I'm up, but we're going to all lay here for a minute. Let dad sleep until the alarm goes off in 15 minutes. And without my knowledge, he turned over and stuck his hand in your butt. Yep. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's the alarm. Yep. was up. And I was like, oh, good. You're both leaving. Prostate alarm. Whoa! They, Whoa! they have no sense of boundary. Well, we just want to thank you, Marshall Givens, for being on the show. You are an amazing guest. You have had a storied career. <laughs> a storied side hustle career. I didn't um, even get to the John Voight story. Oh, God, what? That's no. We're going to have a reunion show. We'll do a, do a reunion and we'll talk about John Voight. Oh, my God, I can't wait. 
It's not a hugely crazy story, but it's enough where you're like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to have a reunion. It's going to be good. It's going to be real good. Um, But thank you so much. It means so much to us. And we are going to put links to all of Marshall's um, ongoing um, uh, side hustles and also where you can see or hear him perform Father Good Podcast. It'll be up on our website. And then you can take classes with Marshall wherever you are, gang. Wherever. Yeah. So we'll we'll put links to his classes at Second City or link to Second City LA up so you can sign up for um, stand up and or improv with Marshall. Mm -hmm. Boom. Yeah. Thanks, guys. This was so much fun. Thank you for allowing me the space to talk about crazy stuff. She showed on Monday, made love on Tuesday. I have to tell you, Beaver, I am just crazy excited right now. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You know why? I mean, I do, but why don't you go ahead and say it out loud for the listeners who are dying of curiosity right now. Okay, okay, okay. Next week, we have Golden Globe and Academy Award-nominated songwriter and film composer Tora Stinson on the show. Oh my God, she is so amazing. You guys do not want to miss this. She also happens to be an award-winning writer. Ooh, read up. <laughs> 